Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nebraska Soccer Talk. This is your host, Jack Hoover, joined alongside... Owen Godberson, what's going on everybody? Good to be back on the pod. It really is. And today we're very excited because we have a special guest with us. We are joined by a player you've probably seen if you've watched Nebraska soccer at the high school, college, or club level. This is a man that, for many people, probably needs no introduction. Union Omaha's own, Ed Gordon. What's going on, guys? I'm really, really happy to be here. Welcome to the pod, Eddie. And an Omaha soccer legend. Correct. And Ed, before we begin, I want to get something clear, all right? If you go on Wikipedia, your name is listed as Eddie Gordon. You've been called that in a couple different, you know, game day forums. <laughs> what is it? Is it Ed or Eddie? What do you prefer? It's, it has never been Eddie on a roster before <laughs> Union Omaha. It's through me. Exactly. No, it's, it's funny. So I played for, for Coach Mims when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And before that, I was Edward. That's the only you know name that I grew up with. Yeah. Edward. Grandparents, parents, you know, parents, friends, all that stuff. All my name tags in grade school were Edward. Um, so when I got to play for Jay, he started calling me Eddie, and it was oh, okay. the only time that I've ever been called Eddie. So my grandparents watched games. Like they call you Eddie now. And I was like, I <laughs> but he he loves the the double syllable Eddie, Stevie, Timmy, Connor, Joey. Noe, all that communication stuff. for the pitch i guess it's, it's quick it's off the tongue so he pretty much rebranded all of us when he when he took over our team all of us had new nicknames so you know in club i was eddie and in high school i was ed gordon or ed it was just it was just easy and so when my friends met my you know soccer teammates and they called me eddie like who are you talking about like, eddie. <laughs> like oh edward like so now that i'm back playing for jay <clears throat> It's, it's Eddie again. It's, he's always known me as Eddie. So. Right. It was never Eddie at it UNO, though. Never, no, at, at, at prep and at UNO, it was Ed Gordon. That was it. All right. It was Ed. It was it was never Eddie. But at uh, officially, when I played for him my freshman year, Ed was on the roster. But he's, he's still called Eddie. <laughs> okay. On the field, it was still Eddie. So, so it's, all, it's really all the above. Okay. So if someone sees you on the street, if they call you Eddie, Ed, or Edward... I'll All of them? Got yeah. it. There we yeah. go. Perfect. You can pick. Always ask for an autograph. Always bug him in the streets. He's, he'll be <laughs> he <fine>. endorses <laughs> that. Absolutely. So, we've got a couple of get-to-know-you questions just at the beginning. Break the ice a little bit for those people that don't know you outside of the pitch. The first one, and one that you were struggling with off-air to think of. Your favorite pizza spot in town. Favorite pizza spot? Uh, I, I think we actually just had a... A little get-together uh, sponsor thing two nights ago at Virtuoso Pizza. And I think, I mean, I had the best pepperoni pizza I think mm-hmm. I've ever had. And, I'm, are a, they, and I'm a pepperoni mm-hmm. guy. Are they sponsoring you to say this right now? No, no. <laughs> How it, much it, money was coming across <laughs> there from Virtuoso? <laughs> they hand no. one hand a piece of pizza and the other hand, like, here's a 20. Right, exactly. No, 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 no. I, I think it was probably one of the mm-hmm. best pieces of pepperoni pizza I've ever had. But okay. I did grow up with, I grew up with um, Godfather's Pizza. Uh, so Godfather's, I'm not like a huge cheese pizza guy, but Godfather's cheese pizza, that's a, that's like a weird hit home for me. And then Little Caesar's deep dish, if you've ever had that, is, it's really next level. I stuff. have never heard somebody it's, say Little Caesar's as an answer to that question. Not not Little Caesar's. Little Caesar's deep dish pepperoni. Okay. So you have got. Can you even try. get that in Omaha? I have oh, never yes. seen yeah, that before. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. It's not a hot and ready option. Right. It's not a five dollar hot and ready option. It's too bad. You can get it, and it is so worth it. I do love a good deep dish. I'm oh, gonna have to oh, check that it's out. It's unreal. And Little Caesar's does what Little Caesar's. Exactly. Does. It's always there for they you. I've been stray. saying this for so long. Exactly. They never stray from what they do. It's cheap. It's ready. 
it's not, you know, the, the, the best. They know. Is. They know what they're doing. know what they're doing. Yeah. And if you have a chance, you should definitely try it. Okay. Now I'm hankering for some little seizures. That, <laughs> might, that might be the vibe after the podcast. It's so good. <laughs> Next one. Favorite away stadium you have ever played at? That could be any level. Um, I mean, this year, any of the, the Open Cup. I mean, Chicago, Soldier Field was unreal. Sporting Kansas City was the most incredible stadium right. atmosphere I've ever played. I mean, I walked out and I had to like fight myself from fangirling about like you know walking like <laughs> eyes wide open. I could feel the speakers like through my chest. It was just it was it was so so cool and, and it's hard to put into words truly. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's uh, that's probably my my favorite place that I played this year. Um, in college, I think UCLA was really cool. Um, Florida Gulf Coast was really cool freshman year. I'm trying to think back on all the, all the places that we went. You know? Western Illinois, conspicuously oh. off the list. <laughs> Macomb, Illinois will never be. Yeah, uh, I don't blame you for that. Uh-uh. Fair. No. Not to not to you know belittle the town of Macomb, Illinois. I had a blast for the Summit League tournament there last year. You did, you so did, you really did. I can, I have nothing but good things to say. Uh, next one, your <laughs> idol in soccer growing up. Um, it was Mark Moulton. Okay, interesting. That's an answer. answer. I never, yeah, wow. I never, yeah, I never had this Landon Donovan, Cristiano Ronaldo fantasy. I I look. I watched Mark Moulton when I was younger. I watched him at prep, and I I watched him at UNO. I was like, that's the guy that. Right. I think that's a really interesting point. You know, for any high school players who are listening, if you think you know you're just out there playing for your team, for your school, there really are a lot of people that are invested at a certain level. You know. Yeah. And so you know, to have people like that look up to you, it, you know, I think it says a lot about the game, especially here in Nebraska. That's a that's a really interesting answer. I wasn't expecting Plus, that. Plus, what a player he was. Oh, yes. Exactly. Mark Moulton was a baller. He's unreal. The, I I will always remember that goal he had against Denver. The unreal rainbow chip from I think it was like I think it was just outside of the 18 made Denver's goalkeeper look like a fool right. love love Mark Moulton yeah you gotta player. love that yeah and what a, and what a guy too oh yeah that whole that whole prep team seven. from mm-hmm. back in the day oh. what were they called Fab Fab the Five Fab Five yeah was exactly. that it the Fab Five, five. five. Mm-hmm. alright what do you do to relax what is you you had a not a you got your ass kicked at training and everything Tough training day. Yeah. Um, I've, I've recently gotten into like self-betterment books. So okay. I, um, I recently finished uh, the, the book about John Wooden. It's, um, oh my gosh, it's sitting in my, in my forehead. I know it. Anyway, I can't say I can think of it. Me neither. Uh, yeah. John Wooden, UCLA yeah. basketball coach. Mm-hmm. He's, it's this pretty easy read about how all the things that he learned as a coach. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm reading the Four Agreements. Good one. That's which, a good yeah, one. Which, yeah. which I always hear about. You know, I, I am not very well read. I don't know this one. I what is explain this one to me? So I just I just finished like the first chapter. Um, okay. And it's the Four Agreements are it's I think you could probably do a better job of explaining this to me because I technically read it. Yeah, the I I read it uh, probably about a year ago, give or take, maybe a little closer. So it's still a little hazy mm-hmm. in my mind, but it's just kind of like. It gives you a lot of life lessons. It's really good for introspective, like, thinking about not just your life, but right. you as a person. It 
really is a good way to get to know you. As I think that's a really good shout for a self-help book. Yeah, yeah, and it's I, what I've heard from people that have read it. It's pretty good for an intro. Like mm-hmm. I think when a lot of people get done reading, they're like, "Wow, I, I got something out of that." Um, you know, I've, I've kind of been in this this spot where like I'm getting older, but I don't feel like I'm like maturing as much as I could. Yeah, interesting. Um, so yeah. I, I, huh. I want to start, you know, using more of my time to better myself, the less time on TikTok, on Instagram. Yeah. Like life coach Eddie Gordon. Honestly. <laughs> once he retires, <laughs> life coach, hit him up if you want to turn your you-know-what around. Exercise for the body and the mind. You got it oh, all, I'm sure. That's actually Absolutely. a really good idea. You personal trainer, like, for yeah. both mental and physical health as a former pro athlete once you get there. Dude, there's, there's so many people that could... Get so much good out of taking a psych class. Oh yeah, a book like that, or just maybe seeing a therapist. Literally anything. That's yeah. no stigma around that. Even, yeah. Nope. even that, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no hurt in trying to help yourself be better. Absolutely. Now we take you from being better. This last question is. Maybe maybe stray, maybe straying a little far. We're bringing you back down. We're you bringing know, you back down to the to our level. If you could two foot one person in the world, mm. no repercussions, no yellow, no red. No legal repercussions. Who are you two foot? <laughs> oh. And you can absolutely plead the fifth here. Uh, I, there's definitely some people that I can't say on the podcast. Um, right. I would, I would, you know what I would do? At would Stevie C. Two foot, <laughs> Stevie would be there, yeah. I would two foot Neil Ayotte's just, okay. just for his reaction. <laughs> because... Uh, we had Speedio at UNO where you could watch training every day. Right. <laughs> when, he, when he got fouled, I mean, it was it was a catastrophe every time he got fouled <laughs> from from all angles, from coach, from him, you know. So I would I'd like to two foot him and not actually hurt him, right? But like two foot him from behind, and then once he kind of falls and realizes that it's me, it'd be like a twenty second laughing stint of like. I can't believe you did that. I think that's fair just because of how many times he panenka'd somebody. I'm not a panenka guy. Bring not him, at all. Yeah, bring him down a level. Uh-huh. Bring yeah. him back down. All right. There's I like no that There's no room for flair in this game, right? No. Yeah, no room for individualism. <laughs> Suds up. Just yes. Absolutely. Roy Kent style. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, great. So that was basically our introduction questions. Now we just want to know a little bit more about you, your career, your connection to the Nebraska <clears> soccer <throat> community. It's something you've been involved in your whole life. So let's kind of, let's take it back to the beginning. How Absolutely. did you get involved in soccer? Where did it all begin? Oh, I played, I played micro soccer for, I don't even know what it was called back then. Right. Uh, CYSL yeah, maybe right. if you were in the Catholic leagues. I played, yeah, I played at St. Wentz. Mm-hmm. I played the micro the once. Was, you know, whatever, three, four, five years old. And so I, I started from there and I've seen some videos of me playing back in the day. It's pretty funny. How far that, you know, come. It'd be like you kicking a, an exercise ball, like those, you know, right. balls, like the size of your shit. You know? <laughs> it's awesome. So all the that way, yeah, all the way back then, I played CYSL until I think probably I don't know third or fourth grade or something mm-hmm. like that, and then I went to play for my dad, coached a team at Phoenix. If you remember Phoenix, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, used to be a club team back then, so I played with for him with my brother Paul. Ah, so were you always more in like, I know obviously way back in the day as a, it's more of herding cats than actually having tactical right. positions or anything. Right. So like, at what point did you really start to solidify like who you are as a player? Um, probably when I was 16 was when I started like blossoming a little bit. 
little bit. And that was when I was playing for Jay, too. So I played... There might be a connection here. <laughs> yeah, you, you, would, you would think. Um, so I played for Phoenix, and then there was, you know how it always is at club when everybody's fighting to take the top team or mm-hmm. whatever. So we kind of joined with another team and made like a four-team uh, club level. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had our age group, I guess. Um, you know, U14 or whatever, or to 13. We had four teams. So I played with, you know, like Diego Gutierrez. Right, so yeah. That was, you know, I played with him a long time ago. So then I decided to leave because my dad was still coaching. And I, God love him, but I couldn't take... And this was when, so I had two younger brothers. So no. I was, you know, 13 and my younger brother was 11. The other one's nine. So there's three young boys running around. There's a lot of yelling happening. A lot of things breaking. So I, I wanted to enjoy my soccer I shouldn't say enjoy I wanted to play soccer not for my dad because I felt that makes sense I felt like the yelling at home was the same yelling that I heard on the field and I was tired of it I I went to soccer and he would yell not at me right sometimes at me occasionally he would yell but it's the same same tone it's the same person so Mm -hmm. then I come home with him and then he'd be yelling at me and my brothers I'm just like I can't get away from this yeah Yeah, you need a break exactly so and I, I I know it broke his heart but this was coming um, and I was 13 so I left to go I play at OFC for Ryan Cruz 14 um, I played for him for a year struggled there um, I had always played center back for my dad because I hated giving up goals hated it competitor so, I, always, so I, I was always playing in the back line and when I went and played for Ryan he was trying to play me at forward and it was just a completely different thing for me and it was like I didn't really know how to deal with it right and coincidentally, that was his first year of being director of the club. So mm-hmm. He wasn't just a club coach. So there was a lot on his plate, too. And I think that for me, it just, like, it was, you know, stuck between kind of a rock and hard place. Just, like, my head's pounding. Like, yeah. I, couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out. And that's nothing against him because I ended up playing for him again when I was 18. And I still have a really, really, really good relationship with him. I text him and call him sometimes. And I help him coach every once in a while with his club team I've trained with them played against them so he and I have an awesome relationship just that that one year it just for you know whatever reason Gr- growing pains as a player you're exactly. trying to find what role fits you best out on the pitch that's that's normal for I think every player at yeah. a level yeah so I ended up playing for him and then that next year was when Jay took our club team 15, 16 and 17 and 15 I kind of struggled but I was still playing forward and then one game I played he played me in the middle and it just clicked. When I was, I don't know, just about to be 16, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, that fall when you turned, uh, my birthday's in October. So, like, right before that, we were down in Lincoln. I remember it clear as day. It just, it just felt right. Something, you know, it just... Sitting in the center of the park. Yeah, I could see everything. I could I could go anywhere. I could be a part of everything. And so it just, it just kind of clicked. It just kind of worked. And then after that, it was, okay, now you got to learn it. Now you got to play it. And, and then it soared from there. I... Um, was a captain with Stevie. We went to regionals. We did really well. And then that next year, 18, Jay, he he left our team because <clears throat> he was recruiting some of us. Yeah. And I'm sure there are some sort of right regulations rules against where, like, that. His college coach can't be yeah. the 18 year old coach that he's like <laughs> grooming to come. Him, you know. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> that yeah. would be a hard conflict of interest, I suppose. Yeah. I mean. Oh, you're. 
you're you're gonna go play for Creighton? Uh, mm. Yeah, mm. I, I don't know about that one. Bench oh, over yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were some. I mean, and on that team, guys, I think that team, our age was was crazy with mm-hmm. our team and EBA. It was it was Diego Gutierrez, yeah. and Zach Robbins, and all those guys, and then it was kind of a eight. who's who of come. <clears throat> yeah, you know, has come through Nebraska soccer recently and played in the college level, right. either at Creighton or UNO. Yeah, a lot of names there. So yeah, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a completely different topic, but. I played for him, like I said, 15, 16, 17, and that's when I kind of, like, I didn't get the keys. That's not the right word to use mm-hmm. for him as a, as a youth player, but that's when, you know, you start thinking, like, oh, like, I could play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. like, if I really wanted to, it'd take a lot of work, but it's possible. Like, so, You're good enough to, to right. get to that level. <clears throat> yeah. It's not a pipe dream. Exactly. So then 18, Ryan Cruz took our team because his son, Hunter, was on our team. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of reasons it was not going to be a lot of work because Jay did a lot of groundwork for us yeah, in the last three years. Absolutely. Ryan Cruz said, you guys know what you're doing. I'm just here to kind of babysit. And I like it. One like the clock, let yeah, him go, run exactly. around. Yeah. Like, you guys know what you're doing. I'll, I'll, I'll be here to you know run training and see what you guys want to do, see what you think we should be doing, what the problems are. Mm-hmm. It was a very... Laissez-faire kind of coaching that year? Sort of. I mean... It was a lot of, it was our first, and especially my first idea and feeling of, like, my opinion matters, and what I see and what I think also matters. Yeah. So, and he was very good at asking, like, what do you guys think? What would you like to do? What do you think you need to work on? How should we run training? Should we have training tomorrow? Are you guys sore? Like, it was a very friendly... Yeah. I like that. You know what I mean? Sounds like a very player-centered <laughs> approach exactly. to coaching. And mm-hmm. I think, and I think... For him, I don't, you know, I don't want to speak too much on him, but like him and having, I think there's like the family thing, like his sons are growing up mm-hmm. and you kind of, you know, you're a different person than you were four years ago mm-hmm. coaching these same guys, you know, and he, like I said, like that Ryan Cruz is, is such a different guy and I would, I would go back and play for him 10 times out of 10. I would tell anyone who's like thinking about playing for him, I say, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I would cool. definitely play. A player's coach. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he got it. He got right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Ringing endorsement, yeah. That's yeah. good. So that's, yeah, so that's the kind of youth. Mm-hmm. How you got, well, really right before. The origin story. Yeah, the the origin Jordan. story of, of Omaha's superhero here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That. <laughs> uh, we have such now bequeathed you that, I guess. Apparently. Yeah, there you go. Well, he's yeah. basically Batman, Batman, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? So now... Now that we talked about your upbringing and I guess your intro to the youth game, uh, what was the recruitment process like for playing at that next level? It's it's hard for Nebraska kids, and it mm-hmm. still is. Right, because exactly. There's no academy system here. Um, I think it's there's still a lot of everybody thinks they're the best coach. Everybody wants to start their own club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I was playing, it was the only two com- like really competitive teams. Other than South Sioux City, I don't want to bash South Sioux City. They have, okay. you know, but yes, yeah. totally different tough, thing up there. Know, mm-hmm. Up there, they had South Sioux City. There was uh, a Lincoln YMCA team, and there was my team and EBA, which was the Nola Dillon, Philip Schrager. Yep. Um, good team there. Yeah, yeah, I mean they were they were good. Ryan Schmidt, all those like all those guys went and played. Diego, Zach, uh, Ben Schultz. I'm trying to think about other guys that you know, if I had the roster, I could name where they went. And, Oh yeah, stuff like that. So, I mean, our age was an anomaly. We had so many guys from my team. I mean, Hunter Cruz, Alejandro, me, Stevie, Timmy, Noah. Or I'm sorry, not Noah. Um, Matthew Smith. Um, you 
know, and even guys younger that went to prep, Pierce O'Brien, mm-hmm. um, Junior Natulo came to UNO. Stuff like, like yeah. In our age, I think there were, if you had... That 2017 <clears throat> class was just stupid it was, good. Oh, it was very stacked. Dumb, Absolutely. It was, it was dumb. I mean, and, and if you had, I don't know, if you had 40 guys, t- two teams of 20, I think probably 12 from each team were going somewhere. Mm-hmm, right. Whether it was... D1, NAIA. Yeah, exactly. Creighton, UNO, or Bellevue. Like, it doesn't matter. You got to the next level. You were playing college soccer. That's, yeah. kid, that's, everyone's, that's every kid's dream. Yeah. No matter where it is. And I think a lot of, so many people get caught up in, oh, it's not Division One. Like, dude, it doesn't matter. Go. I've lost, playing at UNO, I've lost to NAIA teams. I've lo- I lost to Fort Hayes State. Oh, yeah. It, it, I think I remember that game. <laughs> yeah, like it. It, it, it no, is. it absolutely is true. I mean, a lot of people hear D1, 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 and, you know, they've got their sights set on that. Because, you know, they're young kids. It's kind of hard not to get caught up in that. Yeah. And you really don't know what else is out there, but they are really such good options. You know, mm-hmm. even just in Nebraska, you know, again, you mentioned, well, Fort Hastings is in Kansas, I guess. Yeah. But you got Midlands, Wesleyan, Hastings. Right. A bunch of really top-tier teams that produce some great players, and mm-hmm. it's like, it's an accomplishment to go there. You really should be proud of those moments. Yeah. Two of the best players I've ever like seen and broadcasted for live was, well, I mean, obviously Damia Via there from Iowa yes. Western. Right. Iñaki Aldo when he was at Bellevue. Mm-hmm. My God, what a goal scorer he I, was! Oh, I wish he was healthy when he played for us this past fall. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Things would have been different. Oh yeah. Uh, but back to your back yeah. to your recruiting question. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard for Nebraska kids. Like I said, there's no academy here. Uh, a lot of the coaches don't actually have the connections that they sell you on. Mm-hmm. Some do. Um, I think being a coach is hard for a lot, a lot of reasons, but recruiting is tough for Nebraska kids because you have to do all the work. Yeah, right. You have to go to the camps. You have to be the one that's emailing coaches. You have to... Now they have film. When I would play the <laughs> we didn't have film. I was having my mom on, on an iPad like yep. <laughs> yep. scan the field, and sometimes she gets so caught up in watching the game at the we'd be she'd be uh, videotaping Matt Smith there you go <laughs> sitting in the back of my car I love you so much but that's gotta be some good I film though what a keeper Smith is not <laughs> right but it is when he wasn't doing it right yeah, I know. he was sitting with his hands on his hips oh uh, look at that but it, yeah it's mm. it's hard and, and a lot of the kids now I think that they need role models to tell right. them like you guys it's it, you have to do the work I mean you can go to a, a showcase. Showcases, it's hit or miss. They, there might be a coach there that's looking at someone else, and they're like, wow, who's this kid? And then they right. kind of go back, and they reevaluate or whatever. But a lot of the time, showcases, coaches are going to watch one kid mm-hmm. or two kids that they've already been in contact with. Yeah. So for me, I was lucky because Jay was already Junior, you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's a college connection right there. Exactly. exactly. And... He, he, um, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say came after, but he recruited me. <laughs> okay. He re- he That's re- a better way of wording yeah. it. Absolutely. So Jay recruited me uh-huh. right before we went to regionals my junior year. And that's June 1st is, or was, I don't know the rules now, but June 1st was when you could officially like reach out to players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have anybody reach out. I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't wake up and check my email and hope that like somebody emailed right. me and said, "Hi, Ed." You know, yeah. whatever. But that, it didn't happen, and that's mm-hmm. kind of a hard pill to swallow a little bit. That you're like, man, nobody wants me. 
but you have to do, I had to do all the work. I was on this, this site called Captain U. I was emailing every school, every school possible. I mean, Division One, Division Two, everywhere, all over the place. Now, I, real quick, yeah. did you have any certain schools in mind, or were you just kind of open to, you know, whoever gives me an opportunity, yeah. I'm going to take? Uh, I think I was set on casting my net as far as, as wide mm-hmm. as far as possible, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to really look a gift horse in the mouth, Yeah, you know? Because what's the what's the point of that? Like, oh, it kind of wraps itself back into the Division One. Right, like, exactly. Oh, it's like Division One. It's like well, an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Dude, it's free school. Like, yeah. You once you free school that, to play the sport you love. Exactly. Exactly. There's so much more to it than just going Division One. And I and I say that now as I graduated from right. the Division One program. Yeah, I love the team for five years, pretty much captain. But, so, but yes, you are making some very valid yeah. points there about these different levels. Mm-hmm. So recruiting for me was. I was, I was doing everything I could. I was emailing coaches to come watch me at showcases, and I had regionals coming up, so I was trying to find this list. And um, and lucky enough, a lot of those regional tournaments are just, like, crawling with coaches. Right. Yeah. And if they're a good recruiter, they could watch 20 minutes of a game and catch pretty much what they want to see. They go, a lot of the times, those guys go there with X, Y, Z. They try to find a player who can do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what they want to yeah. do. And obviously it's kind of up in the air, whatever, you're 17, 18 years old. But that's when that regional tournament, I my phone was, like, blown up with with coaches that were like, hey, oh, I, really? watched, I watched you today, I got your number from... Because you have, you have a contact list of all your players and all their phone numbers, yeah. all their parents and everything. Just in case a coach exactly really. for that yeah. exact reason they they go like who's the team mom or like who's got the like, who's got the sheet exactly and it's a guy from you know Loyola Chicago and like they take a sheet and then they call the kid so I I had yeah a bunch I was on the phone a lot that summer um, that tournament specifically that four or five day tournament and the reason is because our team was so good when your team is really good it makes you stand out as well. right exactly yeah. and when you have the confidence to to you know leave your mark on the game when your team is really good like me as a six i can do things i can spit out of stuff i can play short i can i can dump a ball long over somebody's head because i don't have the fear of my center backs not being good enough to where like the ball comes down our throat and then it's my fault that i lost the ball mm-hmm. yeah a little bit more of a safety blanket there. It gives yeah. you a chance to express yourself more as a player, even in a position where, as a six, you're typically not that no, you're expressive. Of, you're not do, you're doing a lot Working of in the engine work. room. Yeah. You're doing, the, you're doing a lot of things that like nobody really notices unless you're a soccer guy like you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. That's as a friend. goalkeeper, I always <laughs> appreciated my CDMs, <laughs> yeah. so that's why. Exactly, yeah. But no, like, when it comes to being in a team like that, that gives you such a license Mm -hmm. to go up, not necessarily go for goal or, like, try to create a highlight moment, but it shows more of you as a player. You get to express yourself so much more when you're confident you're not afraid of, you know, what could go wrong. Yeah. You know, it's the saying, a rising tide lifts all boats, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And so he had us from, like I said, 15, 16, and 17. This was 17. This was our third year with Jason Mims. That's that's a pretty good team right there. <laughs> he was coaching college while he was coaching us. Like, yep. There wasn't a lot of differentiation between the way that he treated us and the way that he treated his 22, 23-year-olds. Yeah. So uh, you had to grow up. You had to you 
know, kind of take it with a grain of salt. A lot of people struggled. I mean, it's a, it's a playing for Jay Mims without, does not seem easy. No, it's not. And without you know, overstepping and saying too much, like you're, you just learn how to drive. <laughs> you know, like, you're, still, you're still developing. Yeah. You're still learning. You're like going through puberty. You're yeah. figuring yourself out, and then you're spending four nights a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, with a coach who is the most demanding coach, more demanding than your parents, mm-hmm. for an hour and a half, and it's it's hard. It was hard. It was yeah. it was difficult, but it made it one. It made me the player that I am for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people ask me like, how long how have you played for him for so long? It's like, uh, dude, it's a, you have a hard shell. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that was the the recruiting process for me. Was I did all the work? I was emailing coaches. I was telling them where I'm going to be when I'm playing. Um, I went to a couple camps. Some of them were good. Some of them were great. I went to. Um, SMU camp and that was that was unbelievable and then I went to Loyola Chicago and that was terrible (laughs) (laughs) but it's funny because when I was saying the XYZ you know they're looking for players with XYZ and sometimes for one coach that your qualities they want that they need that for another coach it's I already have a six I I thought you were going to be better on the phone Sometimes that happens, and you're like, "Well, I definitely don't want to play for you." So thanks for the opportunity. It <laughs> definitely makes your decision easier. Absolutely. Yeah, it's dude, it's it's cutthroat, and some coaches are better about appealing to the emotions of people and players than, than others. But at, at the end of the day, it's it's a business because you win games, you keep your job. You lose games, you don't. Right. It is performance driven. Always on the top. The I mean, Jay Mims losing his coach in Union Omaha history. So <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's dude, it's, it's it's tough. It's pretty cutthroat. But that was the mm-hmm. to answer your question. Like that's that was the recruiting okay. whole process for me. I mean, I think that if I were to ask Jay when I was you know sixteen, seventeen, I, I think that he probably would have helped. Um, but he wanted me to come to UNL, so mm-hmm. I think that he was like. I'm not gonna help you. <laughs> I, want, I want, I want you. Yeah. So I want you to sink, so then you come to me. I guess, kind of, in a way. In a way. They, yeah, but, yeah. No, that's probably the off. pessimistic way of looking at mm-hmm. it. But yeah. Yeah. That, so that was it. That, like okay. I said, it was. It was hard. I did. You had to do all the work, and I still think that a lot of Nebraska kids kind of need a wake up call for that, right. because they're like Big East schools aren't gonna come to Nebraska and watch high school and be like, I like that kid. Yeah. They're not watching the Gretna West Side game eight zero be like, I really like that kid. They're being like, Wow, that West Side team laid down and died. Yeah. Exactly. Gotta gotta they, put the legwork in to get your yes. name out there because they will only look at the score line. Yeah. At yeah. best. Maybe. I remember I went to I went my junior year, I went and had a recruiting visit with Elmer Bolovich. Okay. Yeah, I see I see that number. <laughs> I, I I give you I give you the same look. And that, you know what's funny too is I when I was doing the recruiting when I was sending out emails and stuff I I have a te- you have a template mm-hmm. and you insert copy and the paste. school you copy paste you insert the school you have a bio you have like I'm interested in your program I'd like to talk to you yada 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 pretty easy quick and easy maybe you add your highlight reel that's it coach isn't gonna read like a whole paper that you write gotcha so I sent him an email with some other coach's name on it. So. Oh, okay. yeah, that's, yeah. that's tough. Yeah, I've been yeah. there. Well, Creighton, I know what that's it was like. Creighton, like Omaha team. Yeah. Oh. And I, I was like, man, I blew it. I my heart stopped. Oh. 
Yeah, right? It's hard not to be a fan of Creighton soccer when you're in this community sometimes. Especially Obviously, before UNO was an option. Exactly. Like, that was all yeah. we had. And that's, yeah, exactly. Like, growing up, you go to the Creighton soccer games. Right? Mm-hmm, exactly. And so that, yeah, and that was before, you know, I had gone to regionals and, and gotten recruited by Jay and had all these, you know, great conversations mm-hmm. with all these coaches. Um, and, and that was, like, probably, that was my first sit down with a coach. And it couldn't have gone worse. And he, I mean, you know, that guy, that team, that Creighton team was was all serious players. You know? Oh yeah. And he told me he's like, you probably won't, you probably won't play until like your junior year, maybe senior year, and even if you want to come here, like you'll have to leave and go play for the academy. I was like, okay. So I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your time, but this is not for me. Right. Yeah. And like, it, it worked out anyway. I will say, does, you know? <laughs> I will say it has worked out. Absolutely. So it's, I don't know, that's just kind of a funny anecdote that I like sharing with you. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> and, and funny thing was like when we played Creighton, I played against them. Like I got the last mm-hmm. 30, I got on the last 30 minutes of the game. And yeah. I remember like I went up and shook his hand and he, I don't know if he didn't remember me right. or whatever, but he definitely did because I had a, I had an interview with a, with a, a woman from the World Herald, and it was about four guys, four Omaha guys going mm-hmm. to UNO. Yeah. Me, Tim, Captain, Man, um, Matt Smith. Matt Smith, from the prep guys in the CBC. And Steve, yeah. There you go. Like, how are four Omaha kids who play on the same club team going to UNO, and Creighton hasn't brought in an Omaha guy in years? Right, exactly. So that was kind of like the, but they, they, they did a good job in asking questions, and like, I'm 18 years old or whatever, you know. Given like the yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity to go play for UNO, and you I said good PR answers. I <laughs> like it, Eddie. Yeah. And I get and I added in like especially because Creighton doesn't you know didn't bring anyone in or so or something along those lines. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I guess Elmer called, um, not Jay. He called the the head of of OFC at the time. It was uh, uh, my, his name is escaping. I can see his face. I should know his name. This is, it happens to right. the best of us. Well, there's so many people in the club and whatever, but he called him and apparently just had like a shit storm. <laughs> We've done so much for this club. We've done so much for you guys. Like how how dare he or whatever? And I so I texted Jay. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like come off this way. He's like, you're good, buddy. Don't worry about it. I think I vaguely remember this. Yeah. And I'm sure it, it, it wasn't too because athletics. I, I think somebody in UNO athletics had mentioned it, and um, they were like. You do not talk about this on air. And I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, and it, it was like one sentence, you know, like yeah. passing, like not even to, to, to like jab it. It's a fact. Like at the time, it was a fact. Right. They hadn't. Four guys going to UNO right. from Omaha, none going to Creighton. It's like people can't wrap their head around, how does that happen? When I was like, well, that's whatever. That's not my problem, you know. It's, like, we're going, it's just we're a choice, to be there. you know. It's, we're we're yeah. vibing here in the Summit League, y'all, so. Yeah. It was and a choice to give Nebraska kids a chance versus not. It kind of seemed like. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. And, I can't speak and too there's much no, on it, like, but. Obviously, from the Nebraska soccer talk perspective, you yes. want to see Nebraska kids play at the next level of for course, UNO or Creighton. Is, yeah. Or any school in the yeah. area, really. Like, representing Midland. and, and Literally, mm-hmm. any school. But at the same time, you kind of like, look, it's their decision at the end of the day. Absolutely. All you can do is respect it. So... Yeah, no, I mean, none of us got recruited to Creighton anyway, so mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it was like the door was always closed. Like, don't get mad at it. You can't, you can't be like that when you didn't give us a chance. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be different if... You, I mean, if you got his name right in the email, you might have... <laughs> the door might have been open a crack there. <laughs> Just Maybe a little bit. Could have been the game changer right there. The door, no, yeah. But, yeah. And it, things have improved a lot on that side. Oh, yeah. Know? Look oh. at Creighton now. They got Duncan McGuire, former prep kid, leading the line for them. Currently, he's terrifying. Like, he's oh, he's put on a lot of muscle since high school. I'll give him that. Well, yeah, yeah. I only played against him, like, for <laughs> a year. The man is a unit oh, now. I mean... Talk about like late bloomer. Oh yeah. When he left prep, he was I don't know five eleven one thirty. That might be pushing it. One thirty soaking wet. Dude, yeah. Now he's six two and one eighty or whatever it is. And it's all muscle. Hey, oh my gosh, yeah. That kid's put in so much work. Not just like in the gym, but like on the like he shooting sessions. Oh yeah. Like Duncan has put so much work. Yeah, he was always shooting in prep. He had his own like bag of balls that were all. Yeah, I think I think that season, I think they didn't even use Prep's balls. They just used Duncan's balls. Yep, the entire year exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, iconic. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna take just a quick little break, and then we'll be back with Ed here in just a second. All right, welcome back. We are once again here with Ed Gordon. Ed, before we move on and kind of talk about your college career and then your professional career, I just want to know one quick question. Since you played at the club level and the high school level here in Nebraska, what's kind of the difference between the two? Or how do you like kind of rate the pros and the cons of both sides? Um, I think the pro high school ball is... It's so much. It's more. It's more fun. Yeah. It's more fun. Like these are the guys that you go to school with. You're seeing them every day. Um, for me, at least, that was fun because these, like I said, these were my friends. I, I was seeing Noah and Tim and Matthew and Tanner and Sean and Jacob Kenny and Philip Traeger. I was seeing all these guys. Pierce, Tommy, Junior. I've seen all these guys every day. Um, so I loved that, and it was, and it's in Nebraska. You play in the spring, right? So exactly. You're, you're winding down to summer vacation. Um, high school, there's so much more hype around high school. You get to the state tournament and like, that's it. Yeah. That's the that's the sporting event of the spring. That's the high school sporting event of the spring, in my opinion. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think Nebraska is the best high school state tournament for soccer. It's kind of hard to compare. I mean, I've heard that just... too. I mean, I, I had buddies that like Connor Joker's played mm-hmm. in the state tournament in Kansas. He said like, he was playing it to some like podunk grass. Oh yeah, field. absolutely. That is what it is for nine, some of these eight, states. Nine, ten, eleven thousand people at Creighton Stadium. Like, yeah, it's that's crazy. So hard, to beat. hard to beat. And I mean, I've seen some of the bigger quote unquote soccer uh, states, California, Texas. I've seen some of their state tournaments online and stuff, and it's like, no, it doesn't. Nebraska's is. Just, I mean, obviously we're right looking at it through some tinted glasses here, but it's it's different. Right? But it really is. Like, no, it I is. Have, Again, I, so I lived in Wisconsin last year. I went out to their state championship. It's just in like kind of like a, a tranquility sort of complex. Right. And it was fun and all, but it's just like I compare that to Morrison Stadium under the lights. Oh, it's just beats it. totally no, different. No, but a May 17th, 7 o'clock game. Oh, yeah. Ugh. No, it's crazy. And I think high school is so hyped up in Nebraska because, how I mentioned earlier, the club mm-hmm. scene is so kind of rocky there's no academy so right. you don't you have the best players in nebraska are playing high school soccer yeah for two and a half months out of the year so you get to see some real quality and the like it's not as serious 
Yeah. Yeah. You're not. You're not. You know, taking it so. Serious. I mean, you, you are, but you're. It's a different kind of play. Like you get to enjoy it more. It doesn't yes. feel like when you're like. And I never played club, so correct me if I'm wrong on this. But when you're playing for your club team, it feels like, uh, like this is towards hopefully building a future for me. Like correct playing at this level. Me like if I do good at club, puts the pressure on. I can play right. at the next level. For high school, it feels like there's a little bit of pressure taken off, and you guys just to get to enjoy it and represent not necessarily your club, but like your classmates, your friends, people that you spend every day with. It just I kind of compare it to like. Nas- maybe national club team versus level. national club, team club yeah, versus national like, you get to enjoy it more and it means more mm-hmm. yeah I think that's a really good way to put it yeah um, yeah club I mean like you said it's building a future for your club but high school it's only it's like two months yeah. and you only have uh, hopefully four years you might have two you might have one so it's it's kind of like this you you have to make it what you want yeah so that's that's the definitely the pro in in high school soccer. I think the negatives are like you're not getting recruited out of high school soccer. Um, your high school soccer training is probably not as rigorous. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Like it, it, it's the whole idea of like less serious. Yeah. You know? Which is good in its own respect and has its negatives too. Um, but on the club side, I think. Like you said, you're building your future, you're training for if you want to play at the next level, or if you don't, like you, you're still training at a high level. Um, the negatives of club are like you can, you experience way more burnout in high school, or I'm sorry, in club, mm-hmm. experience way more burnout in club. You see kids um, like, like Tanner, for example, like Tanner Andrews, unreal gifted soccer player, like didn't play for our club team last, I don't know, a year, probably a year when we were 17, he's like, I just, I can't do it. I hate it. Yeah. And he was the best center back in the state of Nebraska. I so remember him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that player. He's, he was ridiculous, man. So it's, it's, it's kind of like what you want, what, who you are as a person and how much time, if you know you don't want to play at the next level, like, then you have some decisions to make. Yeah. So those are the, kind of the, the pros, cons, and, differences I would say it's obviously the level and like for my year it was there were two club teams that were seriously competitive and then you kind of like spread everyone out over the over the high school so everyone's got like and for, for my year it was every every team has like three minimum mm-hmm. three you know three between three and five guys that were like those guys play club together so oh, yeah. watch out for them you know and for other years it might be one or two or whatever yeah. Like the the Peter Schropp year, where where Peter Schropp's playing, it's like yes. that's the guy we have to watch. Another again, really talented player. Yeah. From prep, from the state of Nebraska, went and played at Georgetown. Yeah, he was great at the club level. Remind me, he hmm. he didn't win a national. Ch- George Georgetown he, won it the year after exactly. he graduated, right? Okay, right. I couldn't remember. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, playing high school is like my year. We we show up and we're like, man, we got. Tanner Miller, Eric Vayner, and Caden Frank at Miller West. And we have Zach Robbins and Justin Caniglia at Burke. And uh, I think South was South was pretty down that year. But I mean, even Papio South and other schools like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Miller North had AJ Peralt and Ben Schultz, a couple other guys. Like Miller South had Jonathan Lopez and this Oscar um, Oscar kid who I never played with, but he was a good player. I mean, and then. West Side, yeah. Oh, Ethan gosh, Boulder, yeah. Jack Finicaro, Griffin Schroeder, Peter Navoa yep. was a menace to play against in the middle. Um, 
Hunter Cruz who could shoot a ball from 40 yards out and make it move five different ways before it went in the goal. Like, my he, least favorite kind of shooter. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, from a goalie's everywhere. perspective, yeah. From a goalie's perspective, I see that knuckle move yeah. and I'm like, nope, nah, yeah. uh-uh. So I know I'm, I'm, no, I'm name dropping, but my it, high school was... You have every right to it. Like, <laughs> how many players is that just from one age group? You have every right in the world yeah. to. Oh, absolutely. There was Dylan Juracek and Alejandro Oliveira. Like, there were... I mean, I could go through every high school team that year and be like, yeah, I, I played with that kid or, like, that kid was on the other team. <laughs> and then, you, and then you had our team with like <laughs> seven guys. Oh, like, yeah. Like Matthew Smith, Jacob Kenny, Sean Tui, Noah Flourish, me, um... Pierce O'Brien, Tommy Braun, uh, and Junior. Evan Lounsbury all played together. Oh. Junior Natoa played club as right, well. Exactly. Of, of that team, of the 22 guys, 20 didn't? 20 played club soccer somewhere? Mm-hmm. The only well, two yeah. were Jake Semino and uh, Dermot well, Swanson. Right. Andre Coates, sorry. So three. But he had played, he played club before. Yeah. So, I mean, our team was stacked. Mm-hmm. For, Ridiculous. You had uh, you had Michael Ambrose mm-hmm. and Luke Waters as well on that team. Exactly. Yeah. Those guys were sophomores. They, they were played D one soccer. And now, they yeah. ended up playing Division one soccer. So it was like an insane team. Oh, unreal. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if we would have lost, I would have <laughs> <laughs> quit every three years. Yeah, that would. Oh, yikes! That would have yeah. been unimaginable. So those are, those are the kind of the differences between at least my year at club and mm-hmm. high school. But I think it kind of depends. I think right now there's that Gretna team. Yeah. They all play club together, which. Kind of shows, right? I mean, yeah, they, they won their state. chemistry's and through the roof. They won state, regardless of you know the other factors, red cards, right. and games before and red cards during. I mean, even before you could argue, it. yeah, that game was probably. I mean, Gretna going into that game was the prohibitive favorite, so yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I mean, it, so it, it all kind of depends. I think there there should be some. I've I kind of had I've been having this dream. I've been trying to kind of like think about when I want to do it. It's like. Mm-hmm poach all the best kids from each of the clubs <laughs> and make one club team. One and, super club team. Yeah, and, and there you go, go. And go to regionals and then come back and let them play high school or whatever. Because yeah. A Nebraska All-Star 11, essentially. Ex- right. That, like, that know, would make be it a team. Absolutely. 18 guys and the best guys around and go play regionals. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it Maybe be, one day it won't be a dream. You know? Who knows? Maybe, yeah. So, we'll high school versus club, it's all... Nebraska is kind of a, a microcosm of Weirdness. It really weirdness is in a way across the U.S. Like I said, there's no academies here. There's yeah. not it's even a very unique landscape. Yeah, it's a unique really, soccer state. Yeah. That's and for sure. Like for, for a lot of reasons, for all the reasons that we said so far and more. Talking about D1 programs too, there's kind of like a dearth in the region because you know we got two here. We have UNO and Creighton. There's one in Iowa, Drake. Okay, yeah. Nothing in the Dakotas right by us. Right. Kansas, I don't think, has any. Well, not for not for UNKC, correct. Not for men's in the Dakotas. The women's teams for. Yes, yes, exactly. On the men's side, yes, the women's team. I forgot. Yes, South Dakota. Actually, yeah, there's four teams there. SDSU, SD, North Dakota, North Dakota State. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so a lot of those areas, though, it's just like compare that to like the East Coast, West Coast. Obviously, of course, there's more people there, but it's like you know, you can't you know. Twenty divisions. You can't throw a rock without hitting. Exactly. San Diego State and all of, you know. I was waiting for him to say Stanford, like one of the Stanford, best yeah. programs. I want to forget Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You've had a few matchups against them. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Well, great. So, yeah, interesting perspective on you know, I guess, kind of the youth level at so- mm-hmm. you know, the youth level of soccer in Nebraska. 
And then, of course, you moved on. You played at the college level. Let me interrupt you really quick. Yeah, and of course. I, I hesitate to, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, I've been out of the youth game for a while. Yes. So these are things that I have noticed when I was a player, but also, like, kind of the vibe that I'm getting now. Okay. And I don't want someone, like, you guys post this and some coach be like, right. that's not what it's really like. You take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, exactly. is one man's perspective, and yeah. you know everyone's got their own different take on it. There's a lot of pros and cons to you right. Know, yeah, I think the club landscape is far more complex now because 100%. there are more players. There are a lot more players, a lot more young mm-hmm. youth players that are coming up through the system now, which I think is the best thing for. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the what the five years, six years since you've been out of what are we at now? Since you've been out of high school. UNO, so five, yeah, five years. The five, since the five years you've been out, I mean, the game has already grown such a tremendous amount, you yeah. know, with the amount of players playing. And that's, again, only a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's why I hesitate to kind of say that this is the way it is. Cause right. I, I, it's probably not. Um, but, yeah, like you said, things change, and I want to kind of clear yeah. that up. Mm-hmm. Want, I, wanted I to get your own little disclaimer <laughs> in there. They are anything. training you well, yeah, Union Wall, for these PR answers. <laughs> Admin Inyo needs a raise. <laughs> well, great. Yeah. Again, very interesting perspective. And so now moving on to college, you played at UNO. You played there for five years. You experienced a lot at UNO. You won a summer league title. You went to the NCAA tournament. You were a captain. You experienced two different coaches, Jay Mims and Bob Warming, two kind of fixtures in the Nebraska soccer community. Just kind of, I guess, you know, talk a little bit about what first that translate that transition was like, and then I guess I mean just your general experiences at UNO, what you thought of it. Yeah, I, I loved UNO um, mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. I mean, college is up and down. I think of course it's, it's life. You know, you're learning and you're still you have a lot of a lot more responsibility. Um, speed wise, showing up preseason, head was spinning the first like you know two weeks ish, but you get used to it. Yeah. I didn't play the first couple games, and then I went on the I went on the trips and you know played in most games after that. That team was really fun. That was my I think that's my f- I shouldn't I don't want to say favorite because my favorite team that I played on was this team that the spring COVID year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're both my favorite teams for different reasons. Um, my freshman year team was my favorite team in the light of being new and being a young guy. Yes. These older guys that are like taking you under their wing and showing you how it's done, stuff like that. You're learning how to socialize, how to take care of your body. You're learning how to, you know, prioritize your time and your sleep and your school and do all that stuff. Like it was a huge learning curve. And that was one of my favorite years because you get to do all that. Like I remember every, I remember every game I have a memory from every game from that year because it was it was new. It was my mm-hmm. first time like college, college soccer. Yeah, you're the, you know that's the like, big eyes of a freshman student walking in for exactly. the first time, experiencing this new environment. You know, since before Union Omaha was a thing, like that was that was it. That yeah. was the level. So I was like, I want to remember everything I possibly can about this experience. Um, you know, two three years later, um, my sophomore junior year, they were fun. Um, we should have been better than we really were. Right. So those are kind of like forgettable years, truly. Uh, nah, there was still some talent on that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah those, some there were some were fun right. games on that one too. Yeah. I just yeah I just put it I just yeah I just say like we should have been better 
it's always more fun to win. Oh, yeah. Isn't it always? Yeah. All right. Um, and then that spring was <laughs> was so great for so The COVID days. spring. Yeah, the COVID okay. spring where they canceled the fall, but we played mm-hmm. played everybody in the league twice. Uh, man, I, I just... I was it like everyone in the league and then Creighton? Was yep. that your schedule? Yeah, yeah. We, had, yeah. We, had that, we had Creighton in there, which was pretty cool to finally beat them for oh, the yeah. first time ever. Neil Ayotte's master class from what I remember. Kamatani should have had a hat trick. Yeah. Any time it comes up, he got robbed. That goal yeah. was onside. That's, yeah, I know. Dude, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how many times he watched that over and over and over. Oh, yeah. I bet he still does. I can't blame him. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. So, that, I mean, that was my favorite team to play on because we were friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's a big disconnect between being friends and being teammates, but if you can merge them together you have like a wonder team where you have everyone that is like fighting for each other cares about each other I'm willing to do this for you because I like who you are and how you treat me yeah mm-hmm. that's why we that's why we did so well it wasn't because we had the best tactics or the best like you know pre-game plans it was because like everybody everybody was doing it for each other um I, I that's how I think of it that's how I felt and like it was coming to an end, so I think that there were a lot of people that were like, "This, this could be it." Yeah, you know. And when we went, we made it to the tournament. It was like deer in headlights. Like it's your oh, yeah. time, you know. Like this is our because you weren't expected to get there. It was because Denver dropped out, kind right. of. Right. Well, they didn't play it was, twice. It was yeah. It they, was COVID. It was weird. Skipped out on us three different times. Asterisk. <laughs> Honestly, exactly. asterisk on that regular season title. Yeah, very much it so. Was just, it was just so sketchy. They were trying not to play us because we were flying. Mm-hmm. We had beat Eastern, we beat Western, we tied Oral Roberts and beat them at Oral Roberts. Yeah. Um, lost yeah. to Kansas City twice because that was our first game, and then then figured it out from we there. We had a couple guys hurt that next game. It just like wasn't clicking that game. Um, but I, we think that they were scared to play us. We don't know that. But that's the story we're going with. There's, allegedly, yeah, there's a reason that they didn't. <laughs> for play. for all legal disclaimers, allegedly, there's a reason that they didn't come play us. Three times at right, um, which yeah, but we ended up going, which was really fun, um, and what an experience! I mean, that that first game, the whole trip. I mean, the training ground, the facilities there were great. It felt like a vacation almost. And that was down in Greensboro, Greensboro North Carolina. Yeah. Correct. Shocking soccer field, but oh yeah, I remember watching those broadcasts. It yeah, it was, it was the worst. I mean, the worst I one would, you played on, you think? <sighs> I there were some bad CYSL know, ones I growing know. up. <laughs> St. James is horrible. <laughs> All right, but that's CYSL. I expect that yeah, for a I, D1 program. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a toss-up between Eastern, Western, and Greensboro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Eastern and Western Illinois fields, those are pretty good shots. Yeah, right. They're pretty good, um, I think. So, that, I mean, other than that, it was, it was a surreal experience. Mm-hmm. And then we won, which we shouldn't have. I mean, they're... Their center back tries to <laughs> tries to cut a ball on the inside. <laughs> That's right. On the, in the first like, 15 minutes of the game, like swiped Neil Ayotte's goal. <laughs> 15 minutes in, yep. and then let's see who else scored. That was the first one. And then Ugo Kamatani, just like a classic scissors on the top of the box, mm. slots at far post, two zero. We give up two goals though. Like <laughs> we give up two in 10 minutes. So it's two two. The crowd's into it. And then there's one guy who's gonna score goals if you're watching. You know, film on our team. There's one guy that's going to score goals. It's Ugo Kamatani, yep. and Neil Ayats is going to assist him. Yep. Well, like Neil Ayats is back at half field, we have a free kick. 
in, with three and a half minutes left in the game. And ball goes in, and Ugo Kamatani is wide open. He's, hmm. he's unmarked. Three feet on each side. He's the only guy that you got to worry about. It was someone's mark. Yeah. Somebody had I don't know. You should have been watching out for Ed in the it box was, there. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but he was the only guy. And he's wide open, and good for him. He mm-hmm. puts it in. 3-2. It's like... Seems. Those guys are kicking themselves. Like, how did we lose that game? Right. Well, we'll take it. Oh, God. We'll take it every day of the week. A first, win first is win a win. The first win in the NCAA tournament. Everybody's like, where's Omaha? Who is that? <laughs> exactly. Like, just beat a serious team. Who's hosting, by the way? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. a cup set there. Oh, man. That was, yeah, that was my first taste of, like, whoa. This is pretty smooth. What, <laughs> wasn't your last, though, and we will get to this Open oh, yeah. Cup run because this was my favorite year yes. of any soccer team but we yeah played, we played Stanford next and that was tough but okay. still you took home out, with them 90 minutes yeah. yeah was it did they score at the I can't remember did they score in the last second of regulation or was it the last second of overtime no it was like the first like minute of overtime ah uh, that's right it's a pretty crushing way but, yeah you know. it was like man we worked so hard yeah hanging on for PK it's like we're dead yeah because we didn't we didn't we didn't know if we were even going to go to the tournament so yeah. like we didn't really train that hard mm-hmm. so like Guys are cramping in the Greensboro game. Like we're making subs left and right, like trying to see this thing out. You just need legs, bodies, it's exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, so everybody's like, "We need to take this really seriously. We're getting ready for Stanford. We're playing to Stanford, who's like three national champ or whatever, right. you know, three in a row national championship yeah. a couple of years ago. These guys are sick. That's a blue blood program in soccer. Oh, oh very much so. These guys mm-hmm. showed up and they were all like five eleven and like one sixty. They're just like clones. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like a bunch of linebackers. Like, <laughs> they're all the same guy, but kind of the Jordan Morris model. You know, he was a Stanford guy. Right. He fits that kind of to a T. They just, they just they ran us off that field. Mm-hmm. After, after right. we hung with them. We were, yeah, you guys yeah. had your own. If I remember, you might have had a. Didn't, you had a few chances, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, we yeah. had a couple, but not close to their like twenty. Okay, I might be misremembering that. But, yeah. it, was, it was a beating, but it was worth it. I mean, we oh, yeah. felt really good when we walked off. We were like, man, we could get to PKs with these guys, hundred percent. Oh yeah, like they're just they're just shooting, they're just shooting. And like if they score something from thirty out, great. Like, yeah, fair enough. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they, I I would try if shots coming in from thirty yards, I'd trust Jeremy Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's big, tall. He was good enough. Like it was. We yeah. We what felt a team good. that was. Uh, this is just making me reminisce to that COVID year and. Uh, so. It is a shame that team didn't get a full actual season. I know. To come together. It really was a loss. But again, you made the most of what you had. Yeah. We almost yeah. had everybody that came back, too. I mean, yeah, that's right. It was Gonzalo Ledesma was the missing piece. Mm. That really? Interesting. Gonzo. Gonzalo Ledesma was the missing piece I to take it. us from that spring to like a really good fall, to mm. a really successful fall. Gonzo, we, we built with a three. Gonzo played left back. Yes, Facts are so back. important. I've been saying it for years. They are just the, the heartbeat of he, every team. Yeah he, yeah, he just bought a house. He's got a serious girlfriend. Like he's right. got a job. It's just like he's like it's time. Right. right. But, so yeah. yeah, that was that was that spring. It's like that scene in the movie where you know they bring the chopper into the the cavern in the woods, and the guy comes out like we need you for one last job. One last job. <laughs> Dude, stick it out in three months. Man. Exactly. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Trust me. Get, <laughs> get a national championship ring. Exactly. Let's do it. We can do this again, man. He's like, nah, I'm done. I'm out. I can't. Yeah. So that was, yeah. That yeah. Was, Union? Those were the two. Union. Yeah. Yeah. Those were but the yeah. two, my two favorite years about you. Yeah. Some I really good memories. You, you had mentioned earlier that at the beginning of your UNO career, 
this was the pinnacle. Wearing Omaha across the chest, playing Division One, everything like that. Union Omaha kind of, I mean, kind of comes out of nowhere. Starts yeah. up and just talk to us about. I mean, was that something that you were even thinking about when you were at UNO, or was it kind of just not, not really? And when they first started, I, you know, I didn't really think anything of it because I had a bunch of years left at UNO, mm-hmm. or whatever. But but once we lost, and I had been kind of thinking about it the, that whole fall about like this is it. Like I don't have any more eligibility. I cannot play soccer anymore at the competitive level. Yeah. Like what do I do? What's life like you know, after like soccer? Yeah. yeah. This, I mean, it's got to be USL one. That's the next step, or you know, elsewhere. But, yeah. So I got done. We got, we lost in the semifinals of the Summit League tournament, and on the bus ride back, I was thinking about it the whole time, the whole ride back to Omaha from Macomb. Like I, it's a long I can't. Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking about it the whole time. I was like, I don't. I just don't want to be done. I don't want to be done. I might be able to play. There's only one way to find out. So I, you know, went to went to a combine in December, and I, I already, already, you know, talked to Jay, and he said, yeah, you know, you can spend preseason with us, and you can see if it's something that will work out. You know, I can't promise you it is, and I said, that's all I need. You know, I, I just need, I just want to try it. I just want to see what it's like. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we had a three-day trial and everything, and luckily for me, I'm an Omaha. I'm a, I'm a local guy from Omaha, so they don't have to spend any money putting me up right. to see if you know this is going to work out or whatever. So fortunately for me, I had eight weeks with the team, getting used to the speed, getting used to the coaching style, getting used to the play style, getting used to everything. Yeah. At this level and for this team and for this style and organization. So and truly, I do not think I could have spent one week and made the team. It's it's just, it's it's fast. Mm-hmm. It's fast. It's detail oriented. It's so much more soccer IQ. So much more. Like I thought I could see pictures. These guys like, oh, operate on another level. I mean they're professionals. Yeah, right? and like yeah. The, and the coaches are like Bobby Murphy, our assistant coach, like he coached at Orlando City. Right, exactly. Jay's been coaching forever. Bobby's been coaching forever. Like they see things that you don't see because one, you're doing it. But yeah. two, like I'm twenty three. I need help. They've, you know? they've, exactly. they've seen as much, like, I mean, going back to, like, how long those guys have been coaches and how storied their careers are, they've been watching so- soccer, coaching soccer, however you want to, like, they've been in this game about as long as you've been alive. Probably, man. yeah. I, I so would put money on that. it's natural. Right, yeah, and, they, and it's the experience, you know. Yeah, and some of the players, I mean, you're playing with, too, are also kind of the same way. You know, you got guys like Connor Doyle, your captain, who played in the MLS and for Derby County, you know, in the championship. You got Luis Gill, who has you know caps with the U.S. national team and played for Real Salt Lake. It's guys who have played at you know one of the highest levels possible, and then you just I guess you're walking in there as like a guy fresh out of college, and you're exactly. like, exactly, teach Dude, me. Couldn't know? have couldn't have said it any better. There's plenty of guys guys that didn't go to college. Like I, there's mm-hmm. guys my age on the team that have been playing pro for five years. Right. It's five. It's five yeah. years. That's think of like I think of it as like all my UNO games like disappeared. Yeah. I mean, like I, I was playing in Finland or Norway for three years, and I came. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, week in, week out, club years. soccer training. Yeah, for five years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And guy Connor Doyle has been playing for twelve years. Right. Here, so he's been playing for you know, a long nine, time. 10, 12, mm-hmm. whatever you know. So it it puts it in perspective of like, you think that you know a lot. 
it's very small things where they're like, ah, and like something goes wrong, and they're like, ah, and you're like, and then you think about it after, like, oh, you're probably right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. You're like, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> they see they see it differently. Oh, yeah. Right, and those are the guys that play so much more calm and comfortable, and they, they've been doing it longer. Would you call Corey Herzog's game calm? <laughs> oh, dude, on the ball, yeah. Oh, like, that's fair. Yeah. He, he gets on, I pass him the ball 200 times out of 200, because mm-hmm. I know he's going to keep it. Give it to someone or give it His hold on play is phenomenal. Dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Off the ball, he'll, you know. His S Houser is. winds you up. That's, that's, yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's how it worked out for me was, like, at the end, he said, yeah, you know, I, I think that you've gotten better. I think that you've worked hard or you've earned it. So, you know, we want to sign you. I was like, yeah, I'm in. I mean, count me what in. was that feeling like? What I mean, I, being an Omaha guy, OFC, like a bit, like club all the way through, playing high school in Omaha, playing for Omaha, like our university, and then playing for the pro. I mean, when you put pe- ink to paper on that, what was that feeling like? Oh, man, so many feelings. One of like relief. Two, I was just so proud of myself that I made it. Yeah. That I did it. That I was able, able to take that next step um, because as a player you, like my confidence um, there's, so, there's so many feelings that, mm-hmm. that I have kind of validates you maybe a little bit you're like yeah, yeah I can do this I can, I can hang with you know, like, these I guys can do it. I proved I could do it you know and, and especially like this is I was so proud of myself because this is what I wanted to do when I was a little kid mm-hmm. this was my dream I accomplished my dream yeah as a 20 as a 23 year old person Kid, whatever you know, I think we're still. You can still consider me. A, a lot of people, yeah. I don't want to consider ourselves. Still, I don't want to think of myself as an adult yet. So yeah. What, you, <laughs> yeah. what do they say? You stop developing at twenty five. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. We got a year left. Right. You know. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that was the one that was at the pinnacle. It's like, man, I did it. I could like. I wish I could go back mm-hmm. to like my ten year old self. Like, we did it, dude. Yeah. You did it. All of, all of the sacrifices, all the things that you missed out on, all the things that you did and didn't do, like, it wasn't for nothing. And what a first season, too. This has been first Open Cup run. Mm-hmm. I mean, we mentioned it at the beginning with the away grounds you've been to, Kansas City, Chicago, Minnesota. I mean, with this Cup run, that knocking off these teams, putting Omaha on the map in the soccer community as far as professionally goes... Just kind of what was that run like as a player from inside the locker room? Because I can tell you, from a fan outside looking in, it was maybe the best six months of a soccer <laughs> fandom I've ever had. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. I I think at every cup set, I teared up, and then at Kansas City, tears. Like, as the player on the locker room, in, like on the, in the locker room, on the pitch, I mean, God, what was that six months like for you guys? It was a doozy because you're playing midweek games. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've played, I don't know, three more games, three, four more games than everyone else in our league, which is which might be why, you know, it's it's hard on your body. Right. Um, but being a part of it, and especially like a wide-eyed rookie, like I'm along for the ride. Yeah. Like if you if you call me, like if you want me to go warm up, I'll go warm up. I don't, you want me to play right back? I'll play right back. Left back? I had okay. never seen you as a full. I had never seen you as a fullback before UNO. It's or before Union. It has been. Oh, it's hard. It's it's a it's so that's a that's a completely different thing. Yeah, learning yeah. a new position, especially at this level where you're still trying to like get used to playing at this level. Oh, it's 
it's tough, but it's it's good. It's it's um it ups my draft stock. I guess. There you go. That's the way I look I at it. Put on my resume that I can play outside. You're back. a utility player. I'm not an outside back, but I can. I can be responsible. Jack of all trades. I like I it. I can do it. Before you know, before you know it, you're gonna come full circle. You'll end up back at striker. You know? I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe in dire straits. Yeah, but, yeah. That'd, um, be, that'd be tough. Yeah, being a part of that open cup run was was crazy. I mean, the Chicago one was the first. Like, the field was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the stadium was amazing. It's funny. I had a family reunion in Chicago, like when I was 16. Okay. And we toured Soldier Field, uh, and they had it set up for the soccer. So I was talking to my grandpa about it. He's like, "Man, how cool would it be to play on this?" Wow, look at that. That is a cool moment. Seven years later, I. Yeah, that's a great on, story. Playing on Soldier Field, really cool. Uh, Minnesota was great. Um, that was that was what's that? I was just about to say I've watched that Joe Brito goal goal against Minnesota a lot. I don't like how how, much, how often have you gone back and looked at some of these Open Cup highlights? I watch. I go back and look at the the Chicago one because mm-hmm. uh-huh. one I gave up the PK. <laughs> That's right. Yep. I, gave up the I remember that one. It's so dumb. I I, I distinctly <laughs> remember an Game expletive Joe. coming out of my mouth like. Hey! <laughs> I've never given up a PK in my life. That's my first one. What? That's the what first a moment one. to do it. First PK ever. I was wearing different shoes than I normally do. Ah, that's what it was. Stunts ran out. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. wearing different shoes, and if you slow-mo it, rewind it, I clip my left toe on my right heel, and that changes the way that I plant, and I mm. miss the step, and that's why my shoulders and head go down. Oh, no. And what's actually funny is I flicked the ball. A kid, the kid took a touch into me, and I flicked the ball toward the top of the box, just barely nicked it, but I clattered it in the guy. Right. Yeah. And he, he called the PK not because I prevented a scoring chance, but because I killed a guy in the box. That's actually pretty good. That was one of those PKs where you're like, ah, you can't really argue I that one. I have to call. I went up to him and was like, <laughs> you could see the announcer's like, Gordon pleading his case. And I kind of went up to him and was like, shook my head a little bit. <laughs> I was like, you... Because that guy had refed a couple of our yeah. games, yeah. and I and I knew it. Oh, okay. And he was nice. a pretty decent ref. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of I kind of just looked at him and shook my head, and he sh- like nodded a little bit. It's like, yeah, I'm not getting just out that of this. knowing glance. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, and the, and the PKs in that one too. That was like the first. Oh my gosh, what just happened? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. After you won. The, you, right. Okay. Right. Right. Were you mm-hmm. still on at the shootout? Yeah. How, what number in the lineup, in the shootout lineup were you? 29. <laughs> I was going to say, because I remember from I high school, you never wanted to take penalties. No, man. I I mean, did I you have... just say you were, okay, that's fair, Rashid take, yeah, Rashid should honestly probably be in the I first had, five. Yeah, I was going to be last. And what's funny, it was Dalton, he said, man, I, I didn't I didn't think, you know, I thought maybe you were going to have to take one. Like, no, I wasn't going to take one. He's like, you would have had to take one. I said, no. Oh, <laughs> oh! I would have had to take one, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I, thank God I didn't, because I, I took a PK in the high school our state championship, not in, or I'm sorry, in club state mm-hmm. championship, and I missed the goal. Completely. I tried to snake guys. Yeah, it was okay. like an inch. It like nicked the post and went out, but I, like, I was shifting my hips so much, and I beat the goalie. Like he went the wrong way, but I. And after that, I was like, beat the goalie, beat the goal as well. Yeah. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't even think about that, but I did not want to take a PK. I would have just gone and, like, smashed it. Oh, yeah. Put, your, put my yeah. foot through it, hope it goes in. There you but, go. Um, yeah, that was that was the first first one where I was like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? You know, all of us were like, we can't believe this. And then we drew Minnesota next. Um, and we were hoping we were going to host because they, they did the 
I remember that. Yep. Mm-hmm. We could have posted. But. We were in Madison for the. My brother and I went up to the Madison away game when the draw was happening, mm-hmm. and just remember the crushing feeling of like. Oh. They messed up the draw too. If you oh, go really? back and rewatch it, yeah, that was the only time that the guy picked up a ball prematurely and put it back in. Oh, interesting. We were all like, "What the, what the hell? He, you just put the ball back." It's all rigged. It's all rigged. It's all rigged. Like they're not gonna send us. Unbelievable. They're not gonna have an MLS team come and play great. No way. They're gonna, you know. So that actually makes a lot of sense. That does. And for heat up the balls. We are in. We are in Concacaf. That would be very Concacaf. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it was Minnesota when, I mean, we gave up the early one because I think they were they were pretty ready. Mm-hmm. They started. They started out hot. Like we were defending hard. Yeah, and they, you know, they give you guys a little bit of respect. They put a lot of their, you know, their actual starters in, mm-hmm. which Chicago, yeah, Chicago didn't do as did much. Not. They brought in at the last, you know, like ten minutes. Chicago They're like, oh crap, we got to get guys. Yeah, I remember Javilko coming on for Chicago, and I was yeah. like, oh, this is too little, too late. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, Tush had that one at the, point, <laughs> right. the last minute. Um, so yeah, to your point, Minnesota gave us a little respect, but those guys were those guys were flying, and then oh, we yeah. got the one right before halftime. Which came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was out of nothing. Right. But that's a total that's a total like J Mims way to play. It yeah. really is, exactly. Yeah. Think, of how, think of how many goals we scored. Dion Acoff's goal. That's off the goal kick again. Flick on, Dion over the top, one one. Save us. Yeah. Totally against the run Same of play. Against Ugo. Flick on from JP. Ugo's in. Goal. Like, yeah. Goal I mean hell our goalkeepers scored this year, so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So then, and point. then it was yeah, and then it was Kansas City. Oh, where the scoreline, I mean, they were not going to be the third team in a row to lose to us. Right. Especially at home. At Especially home. with how their league form was at the time. Yeah. Peter the Ramiz. Open Cup was what they, like, that was all they had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't doing well. Peter Ramiz was in a hot seat. It was, I mean, it was all of these factors. Like, we have to come out and absolutely smash this team. Right. And to their credit, yeah, yeah they did that. But that atmosphere. But they played everyone. They played yeah. Johnny Russell. One point, however many million dollars. Daniel Shalaby, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Like these guys are, these guys are playing for a lot of money. Oh yeah, exactly. Where we're just kind of like chasing, we're like yeah, you're playing have, against we, millionaires we out there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, it was it was so cool. I got to shake that guy's hand too. Which one? Johnny Russell. Oh yeah. Wonderful, wonderful player. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. It's such a nice guy. Oh, I'm sure, absolutely. So cool. Man. Not that I've ever gotten the opportunity to talk <laughs> to him, but I don't doubt it. You know. Yeah. But that, yeah, the run was. I think people are going to talk about that for a while. Absolutely. I am. I'm never going to let it. It was literally my favorite, like, it was my favorite memory. I well, remember yeah. you yeah. and I walking out of Children's Mercy that night and being like, it could have been 100 nil. I don't care. It just this it was... really didn't feel real for us no. just as fans, you know? It was great. Yeah. No. And I think I speak for a lot of Nebraska, like, obviously personally because I've known you for so long, but just like seeing an Omaha guy who has been through every level of this state when it comes to soccer. To see you out there on the pitch representing us in an Open Cup quarterfinal under the lights in a, in a historic stadium against a historic team, dude, it made that run a, like 10 times better. So, like, the the pride of the city right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was phenomenal, man. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. I can't really – I can't thank you enough for that. And it, what I will say about the fan, like, the fans – in Omaha for this team are incredible. And for UNO too, because we had a lot of, we had some down years. You know? right. There were still you know, plenty of people that were riding with us through thick and thin. And after that sporting Kansas City game, there were like 3,000 Union Omaha fans that went to that game. 3, 
thousand Union Armada. Like, there was neon yellow oh, yeah. all over that stadium, and they all they were all congregated in that one kind of corner area. Yeah. And even though it was six zero, like the, oh those guys. I mean, I'll say this: Rashid knew who kept us under ten. <laughs> <laughs> I I have said that, that was he, a great he stood on his head that day. Oh, it, it was unreal. But it, it yeah. So six six zero. I mean, that's a you. The fans leave after three. Mm-hmm. But look at the weekend. It was four 0 city at halftime of the derby, and how many United fans were walking out? Of oh, the they were streaming out of yeah. the exits. Right. Mm-hmm. It it could have been ten nil at half, and I don't think a single Union Omaha fan would have gone to be the crowd. Yeah. And after that, walking over to them and hearing the whistles and the the applause, it was it was hard because I felt so much like disappointment in how we played and how it ended up. But you like they stood. They you guys stayed. You stayed and. Oh, that was a moment. Us yeah. and it was. I mean, you drove three hours to watch us play. You stuck through us, stuck through the whole game with us. It was we as players, <clears throat> and I speak for the whole organization. Cannot thank you guys enough. There's no way for us. Maybe other than winning another championship, there's no, there's no, there's no other possible way for us to thank mm-hmm. all of you guys, the two of you, and all of the Union Omaha fans that made that run. So special and supported us through that. It was just win the cup next year. There you go. Yeah. Just take home the whole open (laughs) cup, open cup next year at Coniglia. I know it probably, if we hosted the open cup final, it would be it. I know it would be at Morrison. Probably Morrison. Seating wise, yeah. Yeah. But seeing the open cup final at Coniglia would be awesome for me. It's a good venue as well, obviously, you know, but who knows? We'll see. And I feel like we could sit here and talk for a while. <laughs> I think we could talk. I think we could stay until midnight. Probably. But we do need to wrap things up fairly shortly here. Uh, so let's just talk about, I guess, kind of what you're thinking about for the future. Have you thought about that much? Are you just kind of taking it day by day right now with the Owls? Yeah, definitely. I think I won't know if I resign until after the year. Uh, I hope I do. I love this city with all my heart. I love the team. I love the guys. I love, love, love the guys. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool... Um, and fun and special environment with those guys in the locker room. Um, I, I hope I sign again, um, but I want to keep playing as long as I can. I do not want to give up soccer, competitive soccer at least. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's because I will be lost without it. Right. Um, <laughs> well, we all. But, but there's, a, there's a certain part of who I am that mm-hmm. is soccer that I'll have to do some soul searching when I'm done, but I'm not ready to be done. But I love soccer so much that I'm, I won't give it up. Right. And it's not because, it, that, like I said, there is some aspect of like, what will I do after? I'm not worried about that. I, I can do other things. I have other jobs that I can do. It's, it's figuring out life. It's being an adult. But yeah. I love, I love playing soccer. I, I'm fine with struggling. I'm fine with being a rookie. I'm fine with learning my place. I have no problem doing that. But I, I won't give up playing soccer every day until it's time right. and I won't know it's time until it's time you know what I mean it's not time yet but I'll know eventually but that's eventually yeah there you go I I could see it. Mm, championship MLS <laughs> those are lofty goals we'll see I have, a lot of, I have a lot of developing to do I have a lot of um, still maturing as a player I still have lots to learn I'm trying to learn as much as I can every day there's you can always learn something from these guys, uh, from these coaches, from these players. It's, so that's I shut my mouth. I shut my mouth. I ask questions 
um, I try to uh, be a sponge. Right. I think Swanee told me that. Be a sponge. Yeah, good advice. Going back to high school. Sage advice. Be a sponge. Be a sponge. Absorb as much knowledge as you can at any level. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be someone who knows more than you. Yeah. So listen, listen like you don't know what you're talking about. Well, if you're a young player listening to this podcast right now, I'm sure you've already heard a lot of good advice here from Ed. That's just another one. Be a sponge, you know? Gem. Yeah. It was a, that was a gem of a line. There right you there. go. Be a sponge. That's, that's prep soccer. That's yeah. Ed Gordon, dad, Tom Swanson, Tom Hoover. Yeah. Yeah. Or Jim Swanson, Tom Jim Hoover. Jim Swanson, Tom yeah. Hoover. Those were, those were the true sages. <laughs> that's, well, they'll be glad to hear yeah. that. Absolutely. You, I think you need, you need a coach that's very soccer-oriented, mm-hmm. soccer IQ. Tom Hoover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you need you need the offsetting balance of the uh, the off the field, yeah. the mature, the character. Yeah. Coach. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, of course, you're soccer players, but you're also people. Yeah. You know, coaches who can help you grow. That's one of the most important aspects of the game. And if you're a coach listening to this, start yeah, start taking an interest in your players' mental health. Start like Absolutely. getting to know them as people. Don't just treat them as numbers. Don't just treat them as little chess pieces that you can move out there. And I think that's something that, that I've noticed in a lot of coaches nowadays that they're starting to take more of a more of a hands-on approach with mental health and like getting mm-hmm. to know their players and what their players need, not just to thrive on the pitch, but to thrive off of it in everyday life. Right. Absolutely. At some point, you will no longer be able to play soccer, basketball, football, whatever it is. You won't be an athlete anymore. You're going to be a person. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't figure out who you were, if you didn't do enough work about trying to figure out what you want and, and what works for you, then I don't want to say you didn't do it right, but... You got a lot of work yeah. to do. Yeah. What are you without the game? You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah you got to figure that out eventually, one way or another. And it's only going to help you as a player to figure that out while you're a player. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Right. Ed, do you have any parting words for us, or do you think that kind of covers it? Because that was... That was pretty great. I, I'll say I'll say yeah. a couple things. I okay. think one one thing that I did want to say I forgot to mention in the recruiting process mm. in high school. A lot of like you're gonna you're gonna get yelled at and you're gonna like your coach is gonna be unhappy with you. You're gonna get yelled at, but at every level, like no matter how big, um, I guess no matter. Like how mean your coach is, like you have to right. listen to what he says, not how he says it. Because at the end of the day, he wants you to be successful, but he can't control his emotions, which I think is a whole other aspect of coaching. Yeah, we do encourage you yeah. to try <laughs> to say it as best as you can and be respectful, but yes. We get it, yeah. Use yeah. some tact, but yeah, again, yeah. your coach. Listen to what he says, not how he says it, because mm-hmm. that's going to take you farther than listening like, oh, he yelled at me, but he didn't yell at this guy. It's like, well, it's because he holds you to a standard that he might not hold this guy to. Listen to what he says, not how he says it. Um, and then, man, I was going to say something else. There were three things. That was number one. Okay. Number two. Uh, what were we just talking about before this? Union or the uh, cup run? Uh, no. No, before that. Um, Whoever's listening to the podcast is going to be screaming oh, at us because they'll know. Uh, no, I think that was, I think one and two are the same. Thing. Okay. Um, but the, the third thing was like, this was such a cool experience. And I can't thank you guys. Of course. Because, like, like we said, I think we could sit here until midnight and talk, but oh, yeah. just getting this opportunity to chop it up with you guys has been so fun. I would do this every night if I 
Oh, absolutely. Always a welcome guest on the pod. Break down, <laughs> break down his week's performances if he ever gives away another penalty in the league. There we go. That's all we're here for. We'll talk about that. <laughs> I'll try really hard not to give up PKs. There we go. Awesome. Well, great. Well, I want to thank you all for listening for Nebraska Soccer Talk. You can find us on social media. Just look up Nebraska Soccer Talk. We are on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Of course, we don't really do a lot on there, but we will. I'm and not learning a TikTok dance. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll not get doing there it. You can find uh, myself, Jack Hoover, at Jack underscore Hova on Twitter, Instagram. I am Owen underscore Godverson on Twitter, and I think it's just Owen Godverson on literally every other platform for social media. Go. And Ed, do you want to plug anything? You got anything there? No, it's okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you, yeah, if you guys ever need anything, let me know. I'm, Absolutely. I'm trying to you know, help the next generation. So you guys, young guys that are listening to this, let me know. Ed's there I'm, for I'm you. Here to help. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Anything you got, any questions, let me know. I'm here for you. Well, great. For Nebraska Soccer Talk, this has been Jack, Owen, and Ed signing off.